House of Mystery presents Inside Writing, the radio show where authors discuss their writing process in all genres. Okay, we are back in the House of Mystery, and it's another great day. Everything good is happening to us today. <laughs> That's right. That's right, Al. <laughs> we t- we're taking no more, no more emails for the for the weekend, and uh, <laughs> we'll start over again in, in a week. Oh boy! Um, so there we go. Now, um, of course, I'm Al Warren, and and old uh, Dave Martini Martino is over there, um, still dressed up like the monkeys, still partying. That's right. I haven't stopped. <laughs> I'll give you a few recipes um, for drinks if you want. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah, he, he, we just goes, he goes straight from the bottle. You know? Oh, well. <laughs> just give me a bag. Okay. It's a bag bottle. Yeah, he doesn't even wait for the box. Yeah. Oh, this is terrible. Starting out already mean. I'm going to get more emails again. <laughs> <laughs> right, mean. That's okay. I'll just let it out. <laughs> let it all out. Let all the steam out. Okay. Um, let's. Where do I start? No. Um, anyway, today we are here, and we're going to be talking to our guest, uh, Kathy Stoller. Um, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be on your show. Oh, I'm glad somebody is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're trying for that. Um, well, this is interesting. Now, you've, you've written quite a few books, and I know, let's see, the one that I got, I think it's your newest one, is the Straight Up. Yes. Uh, Murder on the Rocks Mystery. Okay, so that's uh, Murder on the Rocks Mystery Book 3. So so this is the third book in this uh, series. Um, Yeah. How did did you, well, how do you get to um, write and do a series of something like this, like of of crime? Do you you have it all in your mind ahead of time? Um, No. I mean, I started writing the series because... My husband was in the restaurant business for a really long time, and I used to hang out there, uh, you know, various places that he uh, managed and, and worked at, and I got to know all the people, and some of them are in my book, but they're not bad people, they're all the nice people, and um, I just decided it would be fun to write a series about a restaurant and the bar, and I wanted to have a female protagonist, so I picked Jude. And the first book, um, she really, she's helping out her friend and her landlord, who's like a really good friend. And there is a murder at a, um, in his apartment, but it it leads back to the uh, co-op food bank where he works in the Bronx. And um, so he has her, he asks her to go undercover there. And she's working in an accounting department and she knows nothing about that. So she solves the murder. Actually, there were a few murders. And then I decided that, well, that was, that was sort of about, you know, people stealing, corporate stealing and things like that. And then I decided I, I wanted to write another book, and that is um, uh, straight, not straight up, Last Call. And um, that started with um, serial killers. And this new book, Straight Up, that's also um Continues with the serial killer um, wow. theme. One of them got away. 
Let's just say that. And they always do. Yeah. <laughs> don't you don't really know who they are. You two could be serial killers. I don't know. Uh, anyway. well, like <laughs> what do you think I'll, what I do in my spare time? Oh, uh, well, I don't know. I have the three names. Yeah, that's yeah, the three right. name killer. That's three name I'm, killers. Yeah, so, well. um, well, yeah, but, you know, these, I, okay, so first of all, you, you know, these are great names for the series, and you can just definitely tell it's, you know, you, you've got a bar influence here. So is, is, is this centered in a certain location like a bar? Oh, yes, or, it, yeah. it is. I mean, Jude owns the Corner Lounge on um, Avenue B and 10th Street on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. And um, she lives in the building, and her landlord, as I mentioned, is her very good friend. And uh, he's a patron of the bar as well. So it's all, it, most of it, except for the parts in the Bronx, <clears throat> take place downtown on the Lower East Side. And um, so she kind of works in things around there in that neighborhood. So do you, you must make the bar an actual character then. It, it is. I, I really feel like setting is tremendously important in a book. It's, to me, it's like the... Um, Best supporting actor or actress in a movie. It kind of pulls the whole thing together, I think. And within that framework, you can do a lot of things. You know, you can add people, take people away, or um, I just think that, that that setting is very important. Well, especially in this book, because a lot of a lot of it takes place at the bar. Yeah. Well, this yeah. is this book I have up on my screen, which you're, I know nobody will see. That's my. Uh, that's the second book. Um, Straight Up is three, and I'm working on book number four, which is called With a Twist. And that's actually going to take place on a cruise ship. We're going to make you take a vacation. And, uh, right. Get away from all the get murder. Away from, get away no, She'll have murder. Ship and, and, and she'll get COVID. She'll be oh, no, on. no. No COVID. All of, this, all of these stories take place before COVID. Well, that's I guess I should say that. I didn't really want to. You know, after living through it, as I don't know if you feel the same way, but I just didn't really want to write about it. I didn't want to. No, yeah, of course not. No, I mean, you know, and only that the thing is, um, you know, it's not really a resolved issue of how things are going to go in the future. Like we still don't know. There's a lot of issues, so I think you know, at least it's too much in the air, and I, I wouldn't want to do that. But um, and you know, and when I write, it, we're talking. Um, it's an event that that really happened and I try to put together as much of the information as I can get out there so you get the the story. So I, I don't really get to choose uh, a location that it's going to happen in or who's going to do it or who's going to be involved and what they how they act and react. Whereas you, you have to do that for the whole book. Like you're doing the characters, the setting, the, the murder, the um, the mystery you have to put all of that together. So that's why I asked with the series part. So you, this is book three, and you're going to do book four. Is is you know when you started this series back in book one, like when you were writing it, somewhere in the back of your mind, did you have an idea of where your character Jude was going to be in ten books, let's say, or down the road, how it was going to end, so to speak? Oh, I didn't honestly. I just knew I wanted to continue her and the other people in the in the books and the bar because I really like I like the atmosphere I created with the bar and the restaurant and I I just I'm a pantser I I guess your your listeners know what that is I don't really plot hardly at all 
I just start with something and I think about it and then I think, oh, what if this happened? And when you, sometimes when I'm writing, something will just kind of occur to me that this would be a really good fit here and I can work, work, um, work it in again later. So that's kind of what I do. But I didn't really think that, um, I didn't think so far ahead. I don't think there's going to be ten books, so I think I'm going to move on after book four. To um, I have some other things I want to work on. Well, you never know. You know, it's true. You never know. But um, I didn't think I would write three. I mean, I've written three before, but um, they were all they were the two main characters were the same, but all the the stories were very different. This is a little bit different because even though the characters are the same. A lot of the setting and the story conti- continues. Well, your main character is um, an amateur sleuth. Um, what made you interested in going uh, that route instead of uh, maybe a more professional detective? Um, I just thought it would be interesting to have this young woman who has really had no interest in sleuthing or catching murders, and she just finds herself in this position. So. I don't, and I think if I was going to write a, a police detective or real detective, I think it would have to be a little bit more factual um, in the sense of exactly what they do and how they do it. Jude kind of wings it a little bit, and she does get help from certain people. But I think that would be the big difference. Would you find it um, you know, uh, challenging uh, to, to write about an amateur sleuth or... Uh, do you find it more freeing because you don't have to follow those rules? I think it's more freeing, honestly. Because, um, you know, if you're going to write a police procedure, you really probably should know exactly how all of those things go in a row, you know, the interviewing and the getting, collecting of the evidence. And she doesn't have to do that. I mean, ultimately she finds what she needs, but she doesn't have to do it in a certain order or in a certain way. I did write a series, um, The Laurel and Helen New York Mysteries. That was my first series. One of the people in that was a private detective. And the other uh, character, the other main character was a magazine editor. So they kind of, I, I did it from different points of view with them. And Helen also, even though she was a private detective, she, she kind of had, you know, she knew the rules, but it wasn't still cut, you know, set in stone how she had to behave. Hmm. Now, Jude, Jude Delane, who is Jude, and, and how did you come up with that character? Is this, is this really kind of you in disguise? Or well, um, no, <laughs> my daughter makes it her in disguise, but it's not. <laughs> um, she, like me, is a Bronx girl. So the first book when I had her going back there, although things have changed quite a bit in that borough, um, there are things that didn't, like where she grew up and the beach and places she knew. So... I used that. I used what I knew from there to sort of set the tone for her when she goes back there. But um, that's as far as our similarities go, really. She's um, much more, you know, she's a free, freewheeling. She's very determined. She um, has had a lot of adversity in her life, which fortunately I did not. Um, her family is gone, and um, she's overcoming all of this, and she found her she found herself in a place where she could be with owning the bar. She's a co-owner of this bar. 
Her partner is the chef. So, you know, I guess I used all the things I learned at the restaurant from going there and seeing my husband and his, you know, his friends, and they became my friends as well. And um, I just like think, you know, it was an interesting place to put her, and she is an interesting character to me, you know, for all her problems that she's overcome. Hmm. Do you have a – and now I ask this not to be weird – but I am weird. But <laughs> <laughs> the reason I ask is because so many people say this. Like when we talk to fiction writers, a lot of them say that they they have so, they they describe their character like you um, would be like um, you know a sister, a kid, a friend. Like they have sort of a relationship, in a, if you will. Um, are you in that same boat? Do you feel like you? I mean, this is a she could be my friend, but I don't see her as a sister. You know, like that, yeah. that close. I would, I would be friends with her. I would like to sit at her bar and have a drink with her and talk to her because she's fun and interesting, and she gets into trouble, which to me is interesting. So, yeah, but I don't, I don't feel such a close relationship like you, you mentioned as a sister. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, you know, I guess in a way you could, you could have this character do things that you would maybe like to do or thought about doing but never done? <laughs> yes, I would like to, I would like to solve a real crime. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know yeah. that I would be able to, but I would probably like to. I mean, I walk down the street and I'm a terrible eavesdropper, and um, I hear snippets of conversations and I say, ooh, what are they talking about? <laughs> like, is that going to be something good, something bad? Of course, I don't really act on it. But I am right. Another book I am going to write is about a woman who is a young woman who's a serial eavesdropper, and she overhears a plot to commit murder, and she gets in a lot of trouble. So um, that will be fun, there I think. But, um, yeah, you know, yeah. It's just like, well, you know, and you can solve a crime, and nowadays anybody can. You got Dog the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> so anybody, it's a free for all. I guess. Play, I guess. Right. Well, you really, in, in Manhattan, I guess I could find something. Nearly every day. But, um, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a lot of activity. It's just for the mere fact that there's so many people. There. Yes, exactly. Right. I mean, that in itself. Uh, do you, so, what, what's your kind of underlying, or do you have an underlying sort of subtext or an idea that um, you know, when you end the book, um, do you hope people get something out of it other than just the main story itself, like the killing or the mystery? Yeah, I hope they get, you know, I hope they get um, to understand a little bit about my character's personalities, because they, I don't know, probably other writers have told you the same thing. They become real to you as you're writing them, almost. Sometimes it feels like they're saying, oh, I don't want to do that. I want to go over here and do, you know, X instead of Y. So, um yeah, I, I'd like people to see that, you know, justice is served in a way and um, that these people are good people and continue. So you actually hear voices in your head? I do. <laughs> <laughs> and you see pictures and you do all this weird stuff. Yeah. You know, and you no pictures. Well, I do see pictures. That's how I really write. I, I visualize the scene before I write it. Um, I think about where they are, what they're going to do, uh, and then I write it. Yeah. And it goes back to setting. I think that's very important to me. Well, then, then good. So you're not, you're not, um, 
they're not the voices don't tell you to do weird things. Do no, no. Okay. Um, <laughs> at the end, at, at, <laughs> well, I have to go kind of that way. So, um, where do you see yourself going with this writing sort of thing? And and uh, did you think it would take off kind of like what what it is now for you? Well, um, I see it continuing, so that's a good thing. I was an advertising copywriter for a really long time, so. When I first started, I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to write something of this length, like a full-length novel. I didn't start, I've written a bunch of short stories and gotten some awards for them, but I didn't start with short stories. I started with the novel. And it was a big change, you know, going from writing a 30-second TV commercial or a couple of paragraphs for an ad to writing, you know, 300 pages. So, um... I want it to continue. I have ideas that I'd like to pursue. And, you know, as long as the ideas keep coming and I can keep writing, I'm going to be very happy to, to do that. Maybe Jude will have a fifth book. Maybe not. But I think I'm going to definitely take a break after book four and write a couple of other things. Well, do you think you brought anything in from uh, your, your uh copywriting work uh, as as a writer do you feel that uh, you become maybe more of an efficient writer uh, from, from doing that type of work before you became a novelist well when you're writing advertising copy as you, you may know um, it has to be pretty succinct you don't have a lot of you don't use a lot of words and or you don't have a lot of time so in that regard um, I think about how I'm describing things and yes I think that that has helped me Really, you know, I'm, I try and be economical with descriptions and dialogue is fun because when you write commercials, you write dialogue often. And so it, it all kind of blends together a little bit, you know, of your experience to be able to do this. Yeah. You're one of those ones that writes those commercials that drive me nuts. Is no, I don't get it. <laughs> I wrote nice commercials. <laughs> I don't write, um, oh, I won't say what I don't write. Yeah. I hate, <laughs> I probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> you were the good commercial writer. I... Yes, very good. <laughs> well, you center everything around crime. Is that sort of because, um, you know, you you really like to commit crime? Or is that sort of well, like, where, where, where does that come from? <laughs> I don't think I've committed any real crimes. Um, when I was a kid, I loved to read mostly spy and um you know, espionage and those kinds of novels, John Le Carre and all those guys. And I guess I wanted to be a spy. So this is kind of <laughs> the closest I'm coming to it. I, um, I just, yeah, I like writing about crime. And I really, as I said, maybe at the very beginning, I like writing about things that, using some of the things that have happened in the world or in our lives is part of my story. So, um and then, you know, having it resolve. So even if it doesn't so, resolve in real life. So you always, you always resolve your, your book. Do, do each book, um, like in a series, so if someone was to pick up one of them, if they picked up book two, it, does it stand alone or do you need to go through one, two, and then three? Well, I would like them to go through one, two, and three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But they, do, they can stand alone. Um, Straight Up is a little more connected to Last Call because it's, um, again, it's about, as, it were, well, one serial killer is still on the loose. And, um, 
But, you, you know, but I do go back, not a lot, because you don't want to, like, info dump things, but I go back and I explain a little bit about the previous books, you know, a little bit about Jude's background and the bar and um, and the other crimes, you know, things that she's, she uses um, a private detective sometimes who's a friend to help her look into things, and she's used her in the past, and I kind of mention things like that so that a reader has some context of who she is and what she you know what she's all about, and you could. But they all they do stand alone. Even my other series, they both uh, they all stand alone. Well, I see you also write uh, some short fiction. Um, all things considered, do you prefer writing short fiction or novels? Um, what do you think is uh, uh, more interesting for you? I like writing both, to tell you the truth. I mean, I don't write a lot of stories right now because I've been very busy with books, but um, I have a story that's in um, Justice for All, Murder in New York Style 6, which is our Sisters in Crime chapter anthology. And that was fun. That's mm. about art and um, a young woman who's going to revenge the death of her mother. And I wrote another one using one of my old characters for uh, I submitted it to the Malice anthology. But I haven't had that much time to write short stories. I know everybody says they go faster. And you know, it doesn't take it doesn't take a year to write a short story. It takes a couple of weeks, maybe, maybe not even that long. But there's been a lot going on, so I've been concentrating on the books. But I really enjoy both writing both. When I have a good idea for a story, I think, oh, you know, I'll just get it down. Hmm. I, so when you sit down and and write, how do you do this? Like, do you plan on? Um, how do I say this? Do you can you? Can you just sit down and go, okay, well, I'm, I'm free today between two and four. So you sit down and write. You know, can you plan your time and, and just turn it on and write? Or do you have to wait till you're in a certain mood? Um, I don't plan it, really, but I can just sit down and start writing. I'll look at, like, what I wrote a day or two ahead before and maybe do a little editing. I, I like to edit a little bit as I go along. I know it takes longer that way, but it... You see things, and you might want to change something when you do that instead of waiting until you finish the book. And then I'll just, you know, keep writing. And sometimes, sometimes <laughs> I'll be walking around in the city, and oh, I'm like, i got to go home and write this down because um, it's just uh, things go into, you know, things come to you, and you want to make sure you don't forget them. So. Right. Yeah, yeah, um, you know. You're, yeah, when you're walking around listening to people. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Yeah. Get that. How yeah. long does it take you to do one of these books? Oh, it takes a long time. <laughs> it takes about a year, really. Um, you know, during the pandemic, I finished straight up, and um, I, did, I just, it took me a long time because it was a little hard to write then, you know, with everything that was going on. I didn't. My concentration wasn't as good as it usually is, so I took a while. Um, it's yeah. going to take me a while to finish with the twist because I started it before straight up, you know, when straight up went into the to the publisher, and then this, of course, there's a lot of changes, and it's coming out next week, so it's been a, a hectic month or so getting it ready because the book you got was the arc, and you know there are there are not it's not perfect. It's got 
errors in it, so we have to correct all of that. When you write your two uh, crime books, how long does it take you? I'm curious. Two weeks. Two weeks. No, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you see... It's you lying, you do, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, of course not. <laughs> no, when you, when, you do, when you do a um, nonfiction, it, it all depends on the amount of information and even how long it takes you. So if you're doing a crime from the 20s, let's say, you have to go back and you go through the newspapers every single day during that year to oh. try and get every information. Then you go through several papers and then you might get the court documents, you might get any um, police records. Like you just, so, and it might take you six months, it might take it um, one week to get it. You know, some things are online, some aren't, right? So it's just a matter of time. So I always have five or six usually going at a time. Oh, really? Yeah, and I'm submitting for all the things I need, information. And that includes also if it's a current murder or a case or more current where people are alive, then you reach out to see who will talk and what they, you know, what, what they'll contribute or if they want a book. So, you, you know, and if you see a prisoner in, in, in jail, you have to apply to get in and then talk to them and get approval. So there's all these things um, per case. So you just got... A lot of them going at once, and you just throw it all out there, and as it comes to you, you assemble it, and then at the end of it, it's when you sort of put it together. So um, some things are really quick, and some things take a long time. It so, sounds like but, it would take a long time, but I, it, know, does, it does. It does. That's why you've got to have information. And yeah, that's why you have a lot going at once, you know, so that you uh, you, you can waiting. assemble it. Yeah, you're assembling something. You always got something usually going on. It's very seldom I have a week where there's nothing, you know. Okay. Except for in my head, there's always nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was wondering, um, since you have a bar theme in, in some of your books, um, do you have favorite spirits or cocktails? Or <laughs> well, I made up some, you know, for my books. Um, oh, okay. I didn't, and I put recipes in the first two, but I decided not to put it in straight up because... I made up the food, too, and it's kind of elaborate food, and I'd have to really do some more research on it. I want, you know, if someone is going to um, actually try and make that, I want it to be right. <laughs> but uh, the drink for our last call was, um, oh, cherry, cherry bomb. And the drink for Bar None was a jalapeno, the jalapeno envy which is like a margarita with a lot of jalapeno pepper. And wow. the drink for Straight Up is called the Spring Solace, and it's Prosecco and um, vanilla vodka with a float of blueberry liqueur on the top. So it's fun, to, it's fun to make them and <laughs> try them. Well, yeah, of course. Well, Dave's probably got lots of recipes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I, I make very simple uh, drinks. Yeah. Well, I really just make it wine. So, but I like to, yeah. I like to, um, you know, for the book, I want it to be a little more exciting. So. Yeah, yeah, it can add a, a certain flavor. <laughs> no pun intended. So, so COVID, COVID really sort of messed with you a little bit in writing, hey? Like it was uh, um, interfering with your concentration. Yes, somewhat. a little. You know, and yeah. I just, I mean, I, I did it, obviously. I made myself do it. But, you know, every day I would turn on the TV and watch um, the then, our then-Governor Mary, um, Andrew Cuomo, 
And he like, oh, when is this going to be over? It was like 150 <laughs> yeah. days, you know. I, I mean, it was good to get information, but it just made it seem even more endless, you know. And yeah. To go out, um, we didn't go out for a long time. I imagine that you guys didn't either. And then, you know, when you went out, you really, like, you put your mask, your gloves, bundled up to, to um, and not go near anyone. It's much better now, but everybody's still wearing masks here pretty much. Yeah, yeah, it depends on the area and stuff, right? But uh, Dave's always going for those anti-mask rallies. <laughs> 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 he's, you know, he's, he's causing trouble all the time. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a little bit of a nutball, so we, uh, <laughs> so we keep, him in the ba- keep him in the basement. I'm chained him. in the bottom, uh, in the basement of the, of the uh, House of Mystery. Yeah, yeah we can't let him. Yeah. No, it's all. Yeah, I just wonder, but, you know, I wonder if um, during that, I wonder if you look back at this in 10 years and you look back at what you were writing, if it'll be a little bit darker or a little bit more moody than you probably thought it was? Um, well, it's, I wouldn't say these books are dark, but there's, you know, there's serious crimes in them. So, you know, maybe that, but... Honestly, I kept them all before pandemic started. I started with it in, oh, I guess the first one was 2018, even in the book, the time frame. And then these three, it's like it was January of 19, and then the spring, and then September of um, that year, before we, you know, had quarantine and and all of that. So um, I don't think I write very dark things, and I don't think I could, but you never know. Yeah, no, I just wonder. Yeah, well, yeah, you might really get into it, right? You have a torture going on. (laughs) (laughs) Who are your influences then? Like, where does it come from for you when you write these kinds of of mysteries and, and crime influence and stuff like where well, do you have other writers or well, lots of really good writers you know um Allison Galen and um Wendy Corsi Stav and um let me think who else Laura Lipman people like that and then again as I said I always enjoyed the um espionage and spy stories and my middle series uh Nick, the Nick Donahue Adventures that's more like a James Bond kind of book, although he's not a spy. He's a gambler, a professional gambler, and he just loves getting in all this stuff in trouble with um, crooks and people like that. But um, I guess I've been influenced, you know, the usual, like Agatha Christie, and she's the master of plots. She has great plot. Every one of her books is different. Um, the old, I've heard of Sue Grafton, I loved her. You've heard what? I'm sorry. I've heard of her. I oh, you have heard of her. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's. I think she. Yeah, she's written a book. Or two. Yeah, a few. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you're supposed to say the host, and you're supposed to say Dave. Dave and me are writing. It's a big influence for you. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Alan is a big influence for me. <laughs> what do I have to do? I have to get your books. I have to get your books now. I want to read you one about the serial killer. I know there was one that I was looking um, online, and it was—I can't remember the name of it right off now. But I'm going to look again. I don't. 
I don't know either. I, <laughs> <laughs> well, the one that I met was the Murder Time Six. That's that's got a lot of okay. people that that like that one. It seems like, uh, and I didn't have to pay anybody. <laughs> that's good when that happens. Do you walk so around and think, yeah, who is that person? Do you think they could commit a crime or um, no, no, no? Because it seems like the most times when you meet people that have actually done these things, um, if you saw them on the street for the most part, or they're your neighbor, you would never know it. I know. I understand that about serial killers. I learned that when I was doing, you know, more research for my books. Yeah. They really yeah, could be anyone, and you would. Yeah, because the truth is, like how they make it on like Silence of the Lambs, you know, and things, and some of these, they make them look so they're real elegant, good-looking, smart, sophisticated, all that sort of stuff. And nothing, nothing like that is ever true. They all greedy. Yeah, no, they're just average people. They can be geeky. They can be normal. They can just be. Uh, it's all types of people. In fact, uh, you could take any, pick any five serial killers and put them in a room with regular people, and if you didn't know they were killers, you probably wouldn't. You know, they're just, they're just average people. That's the only thing I can say, because uh, I've never met anybody like what Silence of the Lambs guy, you know. So, I don't know. Yeah, that's pretty, he was pretty, that character's pretty scary, actually. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and when you see the real character, or when you hear about them, you find out they're they're not even anywhere near <laughs> how they're described <laughs> um, and done in these shows and stuff. So it's kind of a it can be disappointing in a way. <laughs> but um, now, if someone was to pick up one of your books, which one would it be? Like if you told someone um, to find out about you and what kind of writer you are, what book should they get? Oh boy. Um... Well, the the books that the first two series are kind of out of print. They're available a little bit on Amazon because I guess they have copies. But I would think that um, maybe Keeping Secrets, which is my two protagonists, the detective and a magazine editor, I think that's could find out a little bit more about me because I had I think I put a little more of myself into into uh, the detective Helen into her character, and um, again they both live in the city, so that's you know where I live and um, wander. So I think those those books, which I'm going to reissue in case anybody's actually interested in them, but not till next year because I haven't had a chance to do that. When you're done writing um, for the day or in between books, do you do anything to relax, to recharge? Well, I like to go to the gym and I like to walk. I live near the, um, I live on New York Avenue and 62nd Street and it's right by the promenade by the river. So I walk there a lot, very often. And yeah, I like to go out. My husband and I like to go out to dinner and, you know, see our friends. Well, now we can see our friends again and go out to dinner again. But. <laughs> Those kinds of things, yeah. Well, I was also wondering, do you have um, any favorite bars or taverns that you <laughs> in your fiction, uh, fictionalized or other? Well, the bar I really based my bar on, it, although it doesn't look anything like uh, the Corner Lounge, was Who's On First, which is on First Avenue and 65th Street, where my husband um, worked and managed for a long time. And um, that's where I got to know all the the, you know, the bartenders, the other, uh, the cooks, the waitresses and waiters, and a lot of the patrons. 
Um, we haven't been going to bars that much because of the pandemic. Mm. So I, I can't really say a couple that I liked closed. And I, they're now, they look like they're going to be reopening some of the places. I mean, I'd like to, I like to go to Maya. They have great margaritas and they are, that's close to home. We haven't been going too far afield because of everything that was going on. People who live downtown, I know they have plenty of places they love to go. I just don't, I don't personally know them. There's a, there's a real unique um, thing about the bars or taverns um, in America. They're, they're, they're not like anything else in any other country. <laughs> there's, a, there's a flavor, there's a regular uh, setup, you know, where people are there all the time mm-hmm. and stuff. There, there, so when you were visiting your husband's places that he was at, um, I wonder if, um, did you ever come across, because there's always a few jerks or drunks that are troublemakers at these, they're just kids, oh, you think? right? <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, you get alcohol and it's just not going to happen, right? And there's always those regulars that are just always causing trouble. It, it, have you ever taken that from real sort of experiences, like where you see some real, you know? I don't think I've put any of that in my books. But I knew a lot of the regulars. Most of them were really nice people. They would come after work. And I yeah. have put in my book, they take, like Jude wonders, like, what if their seat was taken when they walked in? Because <laughs> they take, they come at the same time, they take the same seat, they order the same drinks. And that was true um, at Who's especially. Um, so it's just funny that people are creatures of habit, I guess, and that's, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sure there would be a big fight then, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe they yeah. just move over one more stool. I don't know. But um, um, yeah, I mean, there were always there were always troublemakers around, you know. Well, I just want to get to the real goods. Like, if you ever put people in that you know that you don't like, or you put them in and they, something bad happens to them in the book. Well, things bad things happen, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, come on. We won't tell anybody. The people yeah. I like. Um, I had a bad experience with one of my first books. I used a friend from Italy's name. I have since changed it. And he did, has still not spoken to me in over wow. 10 years. He was not happy that I did this. We don't do this in my country, he said. I was like, well, yeah, you <laughs> well, do. Your but <laughs> <laughs> and right. I made him a nice, you know, was a nice character. wasn't a bad person. Um, oh. So now yeah. I ask people. Is it all right if I use your name? And they don't. They all are so happy. They don't care. I could make. Yeah, I don't. I could I make don't them see, killer. I'm, they don't care. But yeah, <laughs> unless unless you made him some really weird perverted. Nut oh, bars. I made him. <laughs> you know, I made him. You know, um, the owner of a beautiful villa with gorgeous artwork and helping my heroine figure out things. But what didn't didn't work for oh. him? So, well. but um, you know, in this new book. Maybe he was a gangster. <laughs> no, he, <wasn't. laughs> he isn't. <laughs> well, I'll just I don't know. In the yeah. new book, um, I'm using the names of several people from Who's On First who I haven't used in other books, and they are so delighted. And I gave them, you know, nice roles. <laughs> I didn't make them the bad guy. All the bad people, like the killers, I make up their, those names. So. Yeah. 
Well, you know, if you want, you could always use me as a bad guy. Okay. Please. I'll keep you know. that. <laughs> yeah, I can be the real nutball and do whatever. You heard it here. You can just throw me in there, and I do everything that's bad in the place. Also, some people say, um, it's funny, I can't remember which writer I know who um, told me this, that she was so afraid that her brother-in-law or her cousin was going to know it was him. Not a clue. <laughs> Not a clue. Well, there you go. Because some people so, don't really realize. They don't realize that, you know, yeah. I guess it was, I don't remember. It wasn't obviously a very nice character, but not a clue that she was writing about him. Well, you know, when I talk to J.D. Souther, who's like a, a New York Times bestseller, he said that whenever someone's rude to him, he takes that character and kills them <laughs> off. So, kills them off? Yeah. He makes yeah, sure they right. pay. That's a good idea. Yeah. Why not? Someone cuts you off in line, you take that character, and okay. Um, you're you're going to be in pain tonight. <laughs> oh, you could do that know. every minute if you're walking out on the streets here, someone kind of keeping their horn <laughs> yeah. like crazy and playing their radio yeah. so loud that you just want to say, why don't we give him a flat tire now? <laughs> yeah, well, see, now we're getting to the deal. There so how go. many people did you flatten tires on? I wish I could, but I... <laughs> I don't have that little magical power. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I don't. Me either. So, uh, so how do you want people to find you? Get a hold of you? Do you have a website? Do you yes. Do social media? What's the What's your sort of thing? I have a website, uh, com. I have. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Kathy Stoller Author. I'm on Facebook as my just Kathy Stoller and Kathy Stoller Author for my you know, professional page, and I'm on Twitter, too. Um, so do you like interacting? Everywhere. <laughs> yeah, do you like interacting with readers and people that... I do. I don't get to do it that much. People, like, you know, read your post and they comment and you say, oh, thank you, and, you know, that, that way. But um, And we haven't had very many conferences lately, which is unfortunate. I'm going to one next weekend, Crime Bake. It's very small. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's in um, Boston. And it's only going to be a few hundred people. And I'm not on a panel. I mean, they have preset panels. and So it'll just be kind of fun to see everyone. But VoucherCon is usually the big one. And um, they canceled it this year because it was in New Orleans in August. And it just wasn't really safe to go. No, you have to be careful, right? You don't want to. But, you know, I love that because... You, you not only do you meet other authors, you know, like that, I mean, that's like how I met Alan and um, some of the other people that have been on your show or through Sisters in Crime or Mystery Writers of America. When we have meetings that you can go to in person, you get to meet everyone, you know, and talk to them. But that obviously hasn't been happening lately. No. So, uh, now, now, your Sisters in Crime, what, what, just for people that they don't know what that is, what, what is it? It is a, a national organization. And it's sisters and sisters. It's not just women, but it's, it is mostly women. It's to help um, promote writing and women authors, and um, it's a it's they do a lot of you know good things for the communities that they're in. And we have a New York tri-state chapter, and we have lots of guests. I was on the board for a long time, and I resigned this year. Um, and we have you know we have. People who would be of interest to writers. I mean, I had invited a private female private detective. 
We've had the FBI. We've had other private detectives. We've had poison expert people. We have people who've written different kinds of books, you know, true crime books, and um, it's just a good resource. It's a Never very good resource. Me. Well, now we, now we, oh, I'll have to give them your name because I'm not, I'm not on the board anymore, but they would probably like to talk to you, actually. Yeah, yeah, it put me away, I know. <laughs> you have to come, to, well, no, we've been doing the meetings on Zoom, so um, that could work. Well, you know, when things are normal, I don't mind traveling. I travel around a lot, so, but not, not the last couple of years. Yeah. I've been, you know, it's just sort of not been happening. But that's okay. Things will get better. Oh, I, not, I really hope so. It's, it's hard to feel how it's going to be. I mean, I know that doesn't really make sense, what I just said, because you don't know how it's going to be. But <laughs> it just feel like, is it going to be all right? You know, is it, I know it's going to be different, I think. Yeah. But Well, you know, we have to get used to uh, change as it is. Yes. And realize that it's always going on, and it's not always good. Sometimes it's change that we don't like, but sometimes that's how it is, you know. Right. Uh, but that's what makes it exciting, and that's what makes people like you write books. Well, we draw on what we see and <laughs> what we know. <laughs> there you go. See? Well, it's been a real pleasure um, talking I to you today and to having you. you on the show. Um, now, the book we are talking, now you have to get this book uh, because it's the best book that you could possibly <laughs> buy. It's called Straight Up. It's a murder on the rocks mystery. It's book three, and of course you want to get book one and two because you you know you don't want to miss all the excitement that comes before book three. What's the point, right? So and you can't you can't call yourself a reader of crime if you don't have these books. <laughs> anyway, that'll be up on our website. And our guest is the author of these books, Kathy Stoller. Thanks for being here. Oh, thank you for having me, guys. It was really fun. Thanks, Kathy. Thank you. Are you prepared? Legacy Food Storage. The best way to protect your family is by being prepared. Go now to LegacyFoodStorage.com. Use coupon code HOM15 now for 15% off. Quick, go! Morning, face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh my god, it talks! Run! No, it's me, Linda from HR. It looks hungry! Save the children! Save them! Stay back, I've got mace! Ow, that went in my eyes! We're moving! It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA, love your home. I was just thinking. Um, okay. You're thinking? Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> it's not it's not normal for me. <laughs> but you know, um actually I uh, watched a movie on uh, Okay. Uh it's on Prime. Okay. Okay, so I haven't I it, and um it's called Voyager. Oh, I've seen that. I haven't seen the movie, but I've seen the Yeah, because yeah, it's new. It's 2021 and it's uh it's got a big star in it. Um or a fairly big star. What's his name? He's Irish. He's um, he's been in so many movies. 
Um, Should I look it up? I'm trying to think of his name now. But he's a, he's a, he's a, he's been around. You'll know him. Um, Colin Farrell. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's been around a lot. He's been in everything, yeah. Yeah, and he's kind of, you know, been around for 20 years probably now. Um, but um, so he's kind of the main star in it. Um, and the movie's okay. Um, like it, it, it's enough to keep you going. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the movie, you realize that you've just watched a space version of, um, oh, that real... Jeez, I can't even see that. <laughs> see, I'm just a mess today. You're a mess. I'm a mess. Terrible. But that uh, Lord of the Flies or whatever that. Oh, okay. You know, where they're stuck on the island and then mm-hmm. you have kind of one not very nice asshole kind of tr- kid and you got another one <laughs> and, they, and they're trying to be who's the leader of it, you know, how they all fight. It's the same yep. sort of thing. Because basically Colin Farrell doesn't make it over years. After 10 years, he dies. He's taking a group of kids up there, and they're they're on their way to a new planet. It's yep. going to take him eighty six years, so he's supposed to be their guiding parent, sort of. And as they grow up, they'll have kids. They'll have kids that'll make it to the planet, because of course Earth is doomed, you know. Yeah. And so, uh, so then of course they have the same sort of Lord of the Fly battles over uh, who's supposed to be the the leader when he dies. Yep. So it's kind of the yep. it's kind of the end of the you know you realize that yeah I think I've just seen that <laughs> you've already seen story. it before and I've seen it's... it in several others not just that's just the most popular one but um, I thought it was interesting but it's 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 a worth seeing movie but you will be kind of you know disappointed in that fact <laughs> that and they kind of modernized it a little bit because they're in the future and they're going to uh, this other planet. So, of course, they made the, the real not-very-nice guy, asshole guy, into kind of like a Donald Trump guy. <laughs> <laughs> because he actually killed their leader. Okay. And uh, Colin Farrell. And uh, he made it sound like it was an alien that did it. Okay. An alien killed them because they were outside fixing something out on the outside of the ship. And so then he t- was telling everybody, well, the alien's really here. We got to fight against them. We got to protect ourselves against them. So he's creating this big fear to get people to follow him. Okay. You know, they same sort of thing. And then, meanwhile, their counterperson was more of the calm, reserved. Um, no, we don't need to do that. So it was kind of weird. And then, then eventually, they find the film of uh, this 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 asshole guy that kills their old leader, <laughs> and they caught saw it in film, and then. Uh, he made up a story that, oh, he was just because the, the alien had gotten into their leader and that's why he killed them, which isn't true. But it's kind of made it like fake news, you know, <laughs> even though they're watching something, he's saying it's not true. And then all these people were, yeah, it's not true. It was weird <laughs> in that way. So, huh. well, there you go. So I'd say I mean, take it or leave it with some interesting points. But, you know, it wasn't. This wasn't great. No, it, it, you know, it's. It, yeah, it was okay. It was okay. Don't you don't have to buy it. You don't have to go. I mean, it's free, so you know. Yeah, that's exactly. Anyway, well, that's it for today. I'm yeah, I just yeah. So I'm just saying, take it or leave it. And there we go. We're off for another day. Sounds good. 
To find out more about our show, guests, or to listen to past shows from our archive, please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.